What's up, everyone? Welcome to Mostly Off Center Presents Four Reels. Here, as always, with Mike Yancey. Yes. He's <laughs> got the sultry voice for this. Hey, baby. Today, we're going to talk about fantasy movies. And as stated many times in our podcast, Mike and I are a little bit older. We remember the yeah. years before, before Lord of the Rings. I remember when Valentino was a big deal. <laughs> And I understood that reference too. Yes, Rudolph Valentino, everybody, in 1920s. Uh, yes, anyway. I remember when talkies were new. <laughs> Color film? What's that? I don't know what you're talking about. I remember when my grandpappy would cast shadows on the wall with fire. When a profile pic meant that you had your silhouette to put in a little frame on a wall, and that was how you remembered your great-grandfather. <laughs> Anyway, yes, we're old. We get it. Cave etchings. <laughs> Remember, before they even made charcoal, you had to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> then the monolith came down. And <laughs> I suddenly, dun, I suddenly dun, thought, what if I grab this bone and throw it up in the air? That would be a little Space Odyssey 2001, a Space Odyssey for you all right there. Boom. Another yeah. classic movie. Go watch that one. That's a good movie, too. Good, thrilling movie. Boring Any, as hell. Yes, it is, but it's... So are all the good ones. Yeah, Let's well. be honest. Classic movies usually are, because they're, yeah, they're, they're telling a story, and they don't mind telling it. Long like Lawrence of Arabia back there. One of my favorite movies of all time. Drawn out stretches. Fantastic. Anyway, before any of that, before <laughs> the year... And what's sad to say is, like... Lord of the Rings came out in 2001. That was 18 years ago. Holy crap. Uh, if we're going to be really technical, it was 17 years and one month ago. Because Today we're in 2019. Came out in Christmas of 2001. At least uh, Fellowship of the Ring did. Yep. Changed to fantasy cinema. People could take it seriously, both public and fans. Because most people called it unfilmable. I was as excited as all freaking get out when it came out. I was amazingly anticipating to see it because I'm a huge Tolkien nerd. Started reading Tolkien when I was in elementary school, Hobbit, of course. But man, I was excited to see that film. Which, I'll be honest, I didn't know much about Lord of the Rings. Like I was aware of it, but I wasn't knowledgeable about it. I wasn't um, I wasn't a Tolkien guy, because as I've discussed, Willow was like my Lord of the Rings. I grew up with Willow. Yeah, we can't be friends anymore. I'm, well, fair enough. Were we ever? No. <laughs> exactly. I hang out with you for your uh, for tech my podcast. Stuff. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. That's it. This is a vehicle <laughs> for my fame. Well, you know, we'll get some swears that have some cuss words, on, or shirts that have cuss words on it. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. That'll be your fame right there. Mike's bleeping shirt. Yeah, that, that, I'm <laughs> a vehicle for swear words in this. <laughs> it kind of, pretty much. It's true. Unless Kevin was here, maybe he would join in. I don't know. Damn. Oh, boy. That's what he said when he saw that Lord of the Rings was coming out. Pretty much, uh, yeah. But uh, Actually, it that, started with F. But. <laughs> No, there not, you go. Really, not, not really, mom. <laughs> not not really. really. I, I'm sorry. Your mom will be the only one listening to this, yeah, and problem. she's going to have some notes for you. No, not actually. She doesn't know how to use podcasts. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, mom. Sorry. Uh, anyway, but back before 
those came out, there were not there was a ten year at least ten year lull of authentic fantasy movies. Yep. Like <laughs> otherwise they were B movies that came out and yeah. straight to video. Nineties were what where the term straight to video came the from. The last unicorn. Oh my word. Oh heavens. Any anyway, yeah. Like because there were so many bad fantasy movies. Oh, they were either made for TV or they went straight to video. And video was this thing called a video cassette that you had a VCR <laughs> for. And that's uh, how you, you watch your movies. You don't know people. what you're missing. But Lord of the Rings came out and it was the first movie to take it seriously. Like Fellowship of the Ring was three hours long. Mm-hmm. It told the story of the first book specifically with two more movies coming out each subsequent Christmas first time that really kind of ever happened because it was also one of the first times that movies filmed at the same time like three films back-to-back filming intermingle like so two years it took to film and get all three of these films completed it took two years so they started i think in 1999 maybe with the first yeah well planning for it was probably before then before then um by a director not known for no, he was serious known for, uh, films, yeah, for horror films, films yeah, lots of a, dumb movies, like a couple, like maybe a couple dramas. But Man. the most recent release I think he had before that was the um, Frighteners. The Frighteners, yeah, with Michael J. Fox as in a ghost movie. Yeah, essentially, it's a great movie. I yeah. love, I love the Frighteners, but you wouldn't have fig- figured fantasy movie from this guy and. You know, it had stars that a lot of stars nobody heard of. Vigo Mortensen, Orlando Bloom was not known at the nope. time. Um, I think the most famous was Elijah Wood, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was. Uh, John Reese Davies, but well, he wasn't. I wouldn't say famous, but he was well regarded. Yeah, like he was. He was. He, was he wasn't in, a star, but he was a, a name. He was uh, established. In, but that's what they did, kind of, yeah. was fill it with established actors, which is also unheard of for yeah. a fantasy movie to have established actors right. with good careers. Yeah. <laughs> like, Not uh, has-beens and never-wases. Yeah, like James Earl Jones in the middle of a career crisis <laughs> and Conan the Barbarian, you know, like, we the can afford him right steel. now. And... Which kind of revitalized his career for that, which is well, weird. yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. So, you know, fantasy movies are not the most well regarded in New. Hollywood or no, no, no. things like that. So that kind of gives you an idea. Back in the eighties, there was this giant push. There was Legend. There was Conan the Barbarian. Conan, the, whatever Destroyer. the Destroyer, Willow. Um, Return to Oz. Re- oh goodness, yeah, Return <laughs> to Oz. There was kind of a resurgence. Beastmaster. Uh, My personal favorite. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> the Beastmaster sequel where he comes oh. to modern times. Oh, starring Wings Hauser. Oh, my word. If your movie has Wings Hauser in it... Then it's solid gold, it's, baby. It, it is solid gold with a load in it. So, <laughs> uh, But that's, that's, that's where... It was in the 80s, but then the 90s came, and those, a lot towards the late 80s, bombed. Mm-hmm. But then we got the 90s kick-up of TV movies, and yep. which had Hercules, Xena, yep. Beastmaster, the TV series. A lot of Sand and Sandals. Like Conan Vic, TV series. Conan the TV series. 
the mo- two most successful, I think the most successful of those was Xena. Yeah. Hercules was successful, but not as much. Um, But then nothing. Yeah. There was no wide release of a fantasy film. Well, because it was dead. Because you had all of these bombs starting with basically everything after Conan. And, you know. That's it. So. Even the second Conan movie bombed. Oh, yeah. Horribly. Like. And so you can't put fantasy on TV or movies. So a mass audience won't go see it. Nope. Was the was the methodology? Lord of the Rings came, blew everyone away. Yep. It was fantastic. A nearly perfect film. Nearly perfect. Why is it nearly perfect? Well, because truly perfect is kind of you impossible. need Tom Bombadil. Absolutely. Dang it. <laughs> if this doesn't have Tom Bombadil in it, then it's not really... Because he's Tolkien's favorite character, man. Is he really? Well... Is that coming from a source, or are you just making no, an I, angry you know, nerd? My, my crap, when the, those movies came out, I saw so much nerd rage about no Tom Bombadil in the film. And that, that I've actually coined that term for myself. Useless film characters... That do not further the plot. I have now dubbed those Tom Bombadils. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I just call them Shia LaBeoufs. <laughs> that's my curse word. Everyone knows it. Anyway, well, that well, that's true though because that one came out and there was so much excised from the movie. Yeah, but really, it's a two thousand page triplet book. Yeah, um, broken up into three movies based on the three books. Let's be honest. The first one, what they cut, needed to be cut. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I was, like I said, I wasn't aware of it. I came to read it after. But in the middle of all of these things that are happening, especially towards the end of the first one, they've gotten their gifts from, from Galadriel. Galadriel and doing. they're heading down the river. They come upon some elves. It's like, hey, let's have a picnic. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that. That's what they do. They go have a picnic in the middle of the journey to take this terrible ring. They have a picnic. So, yes, some things needed to be cut out. Yeah. And I think they did well. And then Two Towers came out then the next year. That Helm's Deep battle scene is my favorite battle in film. Like, it is, it is outstanding. It is incredibly good. I actually just watched a video about why it's such a great scene and it's the 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 people who did that love movies and they'll tell you why this is good and why that's good or why that's bad and, and so forth and the reason that they said this was such a great film is because uh they have all of these little stories but they keep focusing on those little stories throughout the whole story of the battle so that you never lose the whole overarching story of the battle, but you're able to digest that whole battle through these little narratives of Aragorn, Gimli, Theoden, and the orcs all at the same time. So you can follow the whole thread through these individual characters. So you can see what's going on through the the whole major battle through these individual characters which yeah that's totally how it works and you can see that 
that's what these guys have to do to defend the keep, that's what these guys have to do to take it over, and how it all works, and then here comes Gandalf at the end of the save the day, and bam, it's it's, it's over. A, it's a practical yeah. So as of why this to, battle seems real. Yeah, so it's not just this giant thing where it's all, Whoa, what the hell's going on? Ah. It's, these guys have to do this, these guys have to do that, these guys want to do this. Bam. It clicks, because it's yeah. like a real strategy battle. Yeah. You have to maneuver and... Yep. And fight, and you know, it's not just lop some heads off, move on. Yeah, and it's my favorite. I really do hate when the movie cuts to like Pippi and Mary, Pippin and Mary. Pippi, Pippi, I call him Pippi. Yeah. I call him Pippi. He kind of <laughs> acts like no. Well, <laughs> Pippin and uh, Mary in the woods. I always kind of like, eh, get me out of here. And even to an extent, Frodo and Sam. Like, when it cuts away from the battle and focuses on them, I'm like, no, go back! And their story is dramatic and handled well, and they did what they could. And I think that's caused a lot of fan ire in that one, too. Their story is, like, the most important part, because that's all about getting the ring to Mordor. But they never went to, uh, they never went to Asgiliath. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. They were never there. They weren't even anywhere near. They were never captured. What are you talking about? And that's why Peter Jackson doesn't know what, anything that he's doing. Because he ruined the story. Man. He ruined my childhood. <laughs> Already covered, man. Listen to our previous podcast where we've talked about oh, people ruining. Oh, toxic them. That's right. Yeah, toxic, toxic fanning. And that's why you're worse than Hitler. <gasps> I am, though. And, and the sooner you admit that, the sooner you can fix, you heal yourself. I'm, I'm healed because I admit it. <laughs> and then, I would say that my favorite of the films is Two Towers, but next one came the critically acclaimed yep. Return my, of the King. My personal favorite. Is it? To me, Return of the King is the cherry on top of the whole beautiful Sunday. It is a magnificent film. It is a beautiful, wonderful the, masterpiece. You know, the only problem I had with that one, like really, literally the only problem, because it's well acted, yes. it's well directed, it's well staged, it's has meaning in his heart and I don't even mind all the endings like yeah. they make sense to me because yeah. the book has like 20,000 oh, endings this only has five you could actually get even <laughs> deeper if you want to read the appendices and get all of the endings. yeah all of them let's let's cover where they all die you know? yeah, like exactly but to me the only problem I had with that was the battle had no real resolution mm. to me there was no like as soon as the when Aragorn went to get the undead army you knew that that was going to be the crux. And, like, them going in and wiping everyone out, I was like, that's, that's a bit anticlimactic. Yeah. Whereas, like, with the Battle of Helm's Deep, they were there to the last. They were struggling. They went out to meet their maker. And finally, you know, here comes these guys. And it made sense because they're on the high in the mountain. The sun's going to help them. Right. The whole deal. Last-minute save. Whereas this one didn't feel like a last-minute save as right. much so as, as just a... Bring the ghost army in. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, just like, oh, we're all saved because the ghosts came in and the whole fight previous was kind of worthless because we could have all stayed inside <laughs> and held these doors all night, but whatever. You know. Well, yeah, for me, Return of the King had all of my favorite moments from the whole series because the ride of the Rohirrim at the Pelennor Fields, that is my ultimate favorite moment. And I love Theoden's Last Ride. That like I I tear up every dang time. I cannot watch that movie without getting a little tear in my eye. So I mean that 
I will say Return of the King's my favorite for the Frodo Sam story. Yeah. Like, Fellowship of the Ring, I think, was kind of an all-encompassing story for it, for the group, to get to know them all. Yeah. And uh, Two Towers was Aragorn's story. Oh, really. yeah. It was Aragorn. He needed to step up and, yep. you know, that's kind of what he, what he needed to do. And that's kind of his, his learning point. Because the third one, he, he kind of steps up. Like, they give him that moment to be king, and right. he does, and yay, but it's really Frodo's and Sam's movie. Right. And because if that wasn't carried over, that movie would have failed. Right. And it was great. So, Lord of the Rings trilogy, 2001, 2002, 2003, revitalizes fantasy genre. Right. We get a lot not-so-great ones, adaptations or whatever, yeah. after. Um, You know, we got Aragon, we got Percy Jackson, we got... Yeah. All these other ones that had potential to be good, but when you stop and think, no, they didn't. They 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 didn't work. Um, and now we have sh the Shannara TV series, which lasted. We're going to get the Wheel of Time, dang well uh, uh, series coming out. There's another Lord of the Rings series coming out, focusing on young Aragorn. So after you know the last twenty minutes of discussing Lord of the Rings and all the things before, Mike, what is your favorite fantasy film? Like, before Lord of the Rings. Right. Because you just said, Return of the King's your all-time favorite. Right. Before Lord of the Rings, before all that came in, what was your favorite? Legend. With Tom Cruise? Yes. Well, for me, Legend is Tim Curry. Yeah. The Devil. Yep. Darkness. So Also known as the Devil. His name is Darkness, but he, yeah, he's, he's, the, he's devil. the Devil. It's his makeup. And that's basically why Legend is my favorite, because you, you can't top tim curry's role in that film and so you know people say you can tell a lot by a person from where they know tim curry from well that's where i know tim curry from is darkness and you know it's a beautiful film uh ridley scott's visuals in that film it's a very ethereal film but especially with the tangerine dream soundtrack to it but uh i i've never taken drugs i assume <laughs> It would be a great film to take drugs on. Maybe it would be kind of freaky. I don't know. But uh, you can probably skip past most of the beginning stuff and just wait till you get to the, the meat of Tim Curry's parts in it. But his whole line in it, the, the little diatribe he goes on about how he uses dreams to affect humanity and all that stuff and how we're all animals. I love that part. And his whole scenes, that's the best. I don't necessarily care about watching Tom Cruise run around in a miniskirt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love Legend. So, that's my personal favorite. Apparently your wife has no issues with watching Tom Cruise run around in a miniskirt. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I I agree. I, I Legend is a good one, mm -hmm. it's, and it's definitely a great Tim Curry movie. Yes, like if you're a Tim Curry fan, check it out because it's a precursor to it. Yeah, like it's a good introductory. My favorite is one I grew up with watching all the time, and it's Willow. And I I, I love Willow too. Yeah, it's... for me, like when I say that one was my Lord of the Rings, it's it's kind of got the same. Well, what fantasy thing doesn't have the same vibe as Lord of the Rings? Tolkien mm -hmm. kind of cornered the market, really. Yeah. But 
I love Willow, and people call it like a Star Wars ripoff. It's made by Lucasfilm. It's from a story idea by George Lucas, uh, directed by Ron Howard. Um, kind of at a time when he was directing comedies, like Splash and these romantic comedies that he was doing. And it starred Warwick Davis as Willow. He's, I'm trying to... the Nelwyn. Nelwyn, that's what it is. Thank you. I knew it was something different. Yeah. I, but... Everyone, they're called the Nelwyn. There's a bunch of dwarfs, essentially, kind of the Hobbit-sized people of this this land and people. But uh, <laughs> but his charge with the quest. There's a, a princess, Elora Dannon, who mm-hmm. is fated to destroy the evil uh, queen and. Bavmorda. Bavmorda. But basically, it that's that's the whole plot, is they have to protect this baby. Well, it gets sent down the river. To, he finds it. Totally 80s. You could never oh, send yeah. a baby down a river today. <laughs> like, oh, my word, what are they doing? Baby in danger, Matt. But it it's fantastic. Warwick Davis is, is great. Yeah. And, and totally the, the kind of 80s hero, too, yeah. because he's not your hero. He's not your hero. He's a he's a dwarf. And, goes, and he has to take this, this they call it daikini. Yeah. This daikini baby, which is the typical human height, whatever it is in this yeah. land. Uh, they have to take it to somebody. They don't know who. They don't even know she's a princess. They just yeah. know it's a human baby. They got to go take it somewhere else. So he gets charged with being in charge of that with a group of his fellow people. And in the course of this, they come across Val Kilmer Mad in Marvel. one of his three best movies. Oh, yeah. Roles. Hands down his best role. Oh, my. I, I don't know if it's hands down. Well, hands his, down one of his best yes, roles. I would yeah. say it's top three at the very most between that one, Tombstone. Maybe it's only top two. I had one in mind, but really not that's the mad martigan no not really that one no mad martigan uh what uh doc holiday i had one else but i can't i'll say his batman because his batman was okay yeah his batman was he tried (laughs) in a movie that didn't but yeah easily between that and uh uh doc holiday oh my word yeah two great roles i mean but he had fun he was like and people call him the han solo willow and he was. He's the well, wisecracker yeah, guy over his head, but he's good at what he does. He, he's very much a Han Solo type character, but he's not Han Solo. No. He's a very different type character. He's your typical swordsman in his fantasy guy. Like, he's yeah. arrogant. He know, he handles his sword really well. He's secretly loyal, but he plays at being a, a brigand. Yeah. You know, a, a dastardly guy, but he's got a heart of gold. Yeah. Fantastic role. Gives him the baby, sets him free because he's a swordsman for hire, was on the wrong side, lost. His old buddy on the other side who won locks him up. They go to fight the Queen Babmorda. They all get wiped. Fantastic. It's a great movie. Oh, it really is. But in the course of this, we find out that this print, the Willow finds out that uh, he wants to be a doesn't find out he wants to be a sorcerer yep is given a wand by a fairy queen mm-hmm. shalindria shalindria shalindria's wand <laughs> yeah there's some great oh, roles in this there's, too and it's well acted yeah i think this was the last one 
before Lord of the Rings where everyone in it committed to it yep. 100%. Because so you, you totally buy Warwick Davis as Willow. You buy Val the Kilmer old lady as... And the old lady uh, as the sorceress. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Val Kilmer is totally Mad Martin. Rizal. And, um, oh, Sorsha, the... The, the warrior the lady. lady. Yeah. And uh, whatever Secretly her name. Secretly good lady. Yeah. And the, the lady is um, the evil queen. Yeah. They do their job well. Yeah. I mean, because like, she was pants-weddingly scary. She was. And her general was so cool. Oh, yeah. Kale. Kale. Like, he had the skull helmet, the whole yeah. deal. He was cool. And, yeah, they were, they were viable threats. He does kind of look a little bit like uh, Darth Vader, slightly. He is the fantasy form of Darth Vader. All they yeah. really need to say was he was Mad Margin's father, and it would have been yeah. would have been that. But but I mean, his fight with uh, Val or uh, Mad Mardigan at the end is fantastic. It, it's totally awesome. I've I counted once, and I do it every time I watch the movie. Now he takes like ten hits yeah. before he finally dies, like actual blows. Yeah. So like he gets stabbed like five times, but then Man Morgan like hits the yeah. swords he's on. He get he gets he's a tank. Yeah, and uh, the the scene where Bab Morda turns them all into pigs. Oh, that freaked me out as oh, kid. Holy crap! Yeah, when you Good see use. Mad Mardigan with his tusks. Oh and his my pig word! Face. His hand starts doing that throbbing where it turns oh, into yeah. the hoof. And people holy. say, "Oh, it's so dumb! It's so cheesy! They're all pigs!" I'm like, literally, uh, that was before CGI, guys. Yeah. That was makeup effects. It looks real because they had to do the makeup, and it freaks you out. And uh, the scene when they turn the troll into well, oh, the troll becomes a two-headed and it rips its skin off. Oh, hello, that's damn freaky. Yeah, when it rips it off and those two heads come popping out, and you're just like, that's and it starts boiling the water. You're like, what's going on? And then he rips the two head rips that guy in half. That always got me too. Yeah, hello. Like basically that's the end battle. Like that's the cool part. Yeah. Because during the course of the movie, they've they gotta protect her, they gotta take her to this ancient kingdom that'll yeah. protect her. Tear is lean. Well Tear is lean. Tear is lean. Everything great when we get to Tear is lean. But they get there, the bad more to put a spell on everyone, they can't do it. Yeah. They can't they can't protect her. So they have this giant battle with three versus an army. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bad Mardigan, Willow, the sorceress Rizelle, who's been turned into a goat <laughs> because they have more to put a spell on her yeah. that she'd She's be an, an animal. animal. And so it gets constantly changed through it. But, I mean, fantastic scenes in all of it. The sledding scene. Yeah. The sword fight on top of the mountain. The, that battle. Then the battle at the end in the rain where they storm the castle. Like, fantastic awesome. fantasy movie best one but that they couldn't match and sadly it bombed at the box office so it kind of killed the franchise hopes i would they wrote a couple of books that were sequels to it but those were so confusing (laughs) i oh man i have a hard time remembering anything that happened in those yeah but that was my favorite like you couldn't beat i've watched conan the barbarian and that one's good i i enjoy conan but, and I have to say, it's got some of my favorite lines of all time in that one. Um, you know, what is best in life? Yeah. yeah. To, to drive enemies before you, you or to, to kill, uh, what is it? It's I, like I to drive enemies before you, 
to hear the lamentation of the women. women. Yeah. Like, and his prayer at the end, that is my all time favorite (laughs) prayer. Yeah. Especially the ending. No one can know if we were good men or bad. And then he basically, and if you don't give me what I want, then dwell with you. And dwell with you. Like, that's yeah, quite that, the prayer. That's how you end your that's prayers. That's how you do it, right there. You know, people out there, if you're religious, end your prayers that way. <laughs> Tell God <laughs> yes. that if you don't give yeah, me what I'm my, sure. don't give me what, go well what I you. want, then up yours. Yeah. That's how God responds. Mostly Off Center does not condone any <laughs> deity that you worship being told... <laughs> to do that that's not but, enough um, and uh, yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a weapons nerd I love weapons I've been studying weapons for a long time and that's one of my great pet peeves with Conan is the weapons in that are ridiculous <laughs> Especially except the, his sword his sword is freaking cracking. awesome the, the Atlantean blade yeah. is freaking cool and the, the sword that his dad makes is freaking cool but the giant wooden hammer that Sven Ole Thorson wields. No one would wield a hammer like that. Only in, in a fantasy life. movie. Yeah, only 1980s fantasy yeah, movie. Holy well, crap. no, because in Justice League, the Amazons had giant hammers that closed gates. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's not geez. a fantasy movie, though. Well, yeah. yeah. But, but And that's one of the cool things about Willow, is you get a really cool assortment of really cool weapons. And they're practical. Yeah, and they're, they're actual weapons, not like Kale's got, or no, uh, it's uh, Eric. One. Yeah. Eric has that uh, the gauntlet, one, blade. gauntlet blade, which is sits I can't right remember there. the actual Indian name for those, but you those are actual weapons. Yeah, and Mad Mardigan's sword that he wields, and um, of course they give uh, Kale that really big sawtooth, which was one of the coolest looking and, swords. Oh my criminy! But. Anyway, but these are real, actual... Yeah, they're kind of souped up to make them look a little bit more fantasy. But no, these are real weapons, as opposed to the giant wooden hammer that is totally dumb. Yeah. But I know, these are cool weapons, and you get this really cool... So for me, as a little kid, I just loved watching that movie, because you get this really interesting assortment of actual, real weapons. Well, I also like in that movie how like the magic has practical things like yeah. you can't just flick a wand and something happens yeah you actually have to be doing an incantation and make it work and yeah. channeling it. it makes sense yeah it's, it's unlike say harry potter where you can flick <laughs> your wand or you can or you can't say the incantation yep. it's unclear well, like we, some people are so good at magic they don't even need a wand like we were that's probably a good podcast uh, the benefits of a hard magic system versus a soft a magic soft system magic. <laughs> And the economics that go along with yes. between hard magic. But I liked Willow because each one had its own thing. If they didn't have a wand, they couldn't do the magic. Yep. Like, they had to call the wand to them Unless or you were Willow, who was such a powerful sorcerer, you could send <laughs> babies into <laughs> alternate dimensions. It's his own disappearing picture. <laughs> I love that. But that's the thing, too, that I love, is that Bavmort is not beaten... Yeah. By some giant magical spell or the ring being thrown into a fire and like yeah. some caveat. It kind of, well, a little bit. Yeah. But she, Willow, uses magic. He uses it magic, magic. quote unquote. It's yeah. a it's an illusion trick that he does early in the movie where he takes a, puts something in a blanket, it disappears, it goes somewhere else. Yeah. Well, he sold this and it surprises 
Bavmore so much that this little guy yeah. with no real magic ability, doesn't even have a wand, gets rid of this baby, sells the trick so well that she, like, spills... Spoiler warning. Yeah, spoiler alert. She spills the, the stuff on her that she's been using to kill this baby, and therefore she gets transported. Yeah. Like, she does it like... She's so surprised, like, what? And, like, just by sheer happenstance, like... Not even this big explosion or like Harry Potter, Voldemort disappearing. She just like gets hit by lightning and transported because she got it. She messed her own self yeah. up because of her sheer but shock it's of everything. Hubris, yeah, because she doesn't basically rate Willow as anything. Because you see this whole wizards duel between her and uh, Razelle. Razelle, and they're fighting over Shalindria's wand because that's the the whole big MacGuffin now. Yeah, that's going to be the ultimate power. And she gets it, and you know Willow's totally screwed at this point. But no, it's not that big of a deal because it's the disappearing pig trick. Yeah, and that's what wins the day because Willow totally kicks ass. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's got quotable lines. Great. It's just fantastic. He's a, it's a great movie. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, who are old, younger than us, don't quite understand why it's so good. Yeah. Because they have Lord of the Rings. Because yeah. they have well, these and, you know, other and ones. The, at the time, it had state-of-the-art, mind-blowing special effects. Lucasfilm. Because... Like Industrial Light yeah. and Magic, who did Star Wars <laughs> and Indiana Jones and well, the, pretty much every other imagination thing you could yeah, do back the, in the day, they the, did. Uh, when... Um, Rizelle transforms there in the tent and she goes through various Most animals. animals yeah. That was mind blowing yeah. back in the day. And now people look at it and go, How dumb is that? Yeah. But nowadays we get plastic CGI the rocks. <laughs> you know, in whatever movie. Yeah. So going back to that, what is the worst? <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll we'll update this one to not just not just before. Because there's been a lot of bad ones. Even oh. after. Oh, oh, oh So, oh, oh. what's the worst one you've seen? Because I've got a lot to choose from here. Because I'm a giant should mystery we, science we, theater oh. 3000 well, fan. Well, let's let's so. put it let's put it wide release, like yeah. a movie wide release. Well, because if we're um, gonna go that, we could go to oh multiple. Yeah. Um, Condor the or Azor the Ator 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 the flying eagle guy, whatever yeah. it is, or the one with the yeah. three blades on oh, it. Oh, no, that's that's my choice. Is, oh, is that uh, one? Because that was wide release. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a wide release. Oh, my word. So, Sword and the Sorcerer is my pick. Oh, heavens. And that is that hands is Jack down. Palance, right? No, uh, no. That's not the Jack Palance that's one? That's not the Jack pa- Palance one. That's... Uh, Either way, yeah, but yeah, it, it's it's terrible. <laughs> but uh, no, no, Sword and the Sorcerer is hands down the worst fantasy film I have ever seen, and why? Well, because it's poorly acted. It's uh, it, it's it's terrible, and well, it stars Martin Mull. No, is it Martin Mull? The uh, Bull. From Night Court? Yeah. I think it's Mole. Martin Mole. Mole, anyway, is his last name. But he's a demon. They they summon at the beginning of the the bad guy. So, first off, I'm a historian. And so the the bad guy is named Cromwell. If you know (laughs) your English history, 
Cromwell, Oliver Cromwell, was a guy who famously managed to beat King Charles I in the English Civil War and got his head chopped off. It got Charles I's head chopped off. So, and they, they uh, Rift Tracks very, did a very excellent job of riffing this movie. And they said, do you think there's anything significant about his name being Cromwell and <laughs> the fact that he's fighting a king? <laughs> but yeah, so he manages to summon this demon. He uses the demon's power to take over all of the other kingdoms, becomes like the great king, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, and then, um, I can't think of his name now, but he is a perennial B-movie actor. And it's all this faux Shakespearean acting, but it's so stupid. <laughs> oh, it's just bad. So he kills the this good king, kills his oldest son, leaves only his youngest son alive. And but he wields this gigantic ass sword in the process that has a giant blade with this huge bottom part to it that would kill you to wield this dang thing. But he's wielding it around like it's made of nothing, and I'm thinking, there's no way a person would wield a sword <laughs> like this! And yeah, I'm a historian, I'm a weapons geek, so I, I know about this kind of stuff, but in all honesty, no! <laughs> Not even Conan did this bad! With nice so giant, mad he's banging the table. Not even with a giant wooden mallet thingy. No. At least the guy that wielded that was huge. <laughs> Generally, Thorson was built in this movie. So you could kind of almost sort of buy that the guy that wielded this thing would do it. But this guy is scrawny little white boy. No. <laughs> <sighs> but then, then you get to the really bad part, which is the little prince grows up to be this big hulky dork ass of a jerk <laughs> he is a total dick that only saves this we princess you. yeah he, he saves this princess because she's she's getting sexually assaulted in the middle of the street and he's like yeah I'll, I'll watch this for a few minutes uh, I guess I'll intervene finally <laughs> so he intervenes saves the princess takes her into this tavern she says, wait, maybe you can help me. And he's like, well, yeah, sure, I'll save you, princess, for a price. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll kiss you. He's like, that's not going to do enough. No, you have to have sex with me. Oh, wow. And then she's like, okay, fine, if you save my brother from the dungeons, then I guess I can have sex with you. Just after she was being sexually assaulted. Yay, 80! Yeah! That's the that's, guy I want to root that's for. Some, that's something from the 80s that uh, <laughs> definitely does not hold up <laughs> anymore. So, but then his whole thing, and his name's Talon, by the way. His name is Talon. Talon. Yeah. Okay. But his sword, because it's got to stand out, because this is the middle of the huge sword and sandal fantasy fest right after Conan the Barbarian, it's a triple-bladed sword. It's got three full, double-edged, broadsword-sized blades on it. It's huge. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. The blades shoot. 
So, okay, first off, and I'm sorry if I'm getting a little too technical about this, about this, but I'm, I'm sorry, this pisses me the hell off. <laughs> first off, the grip of the sword, the part you hold onto, is perfectly round. That is an absolute no-no. You can't index with a sword like that. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe this is getting too technical, I'm sorry. <laughs> but swords don't have round handles. They're oval-shaped, so you know what part of the sword to aim with. This is perfectly round. It doesn't have a trigger. So what the hell is he touching to shoot the blades off it's with? It's magic mind. I guess it's magic. I don't know. Whatever. They don't explain it. Yeah, no. And the thing shoots the blades off so hard that they can actually hit a person hard enough to send them flying 20 feet. <laughs> and... I don't know how he then like, reattaches the dang things, but... Don't you know, they fly back? No. Oh. No, but I, I, I guess there's like a store somewhere that he can get new ones because he can always reload the dang things because he always has three more. <laughs> Whatever. He's got, a, he's got a guy. Yeah. He's got a caddy who goes so, and collects them. And so finally, when we get to the final battle, he's battling the bad guy, Cromwell, and Cromwell who has multiple times by this point used his sword to break Talon's blades because he's been using other guys' blades. He hasn't been fighting with his magic blade. He breaks Talon's blades off. Like of the three swords? Yes! Talon has voluntarily shot both of his blades off, so he's just fighting one blade to blade, which, you know, whatever, fairness. But he breaks Talon's blade in half. And I'm thinking, the hell! <laughs> Your super duper magic sword is crap. <laughs> the hell have I been watching this whole damn movie for? Your movie sucks. Your sword is crap. <laughs> but it gets even better. Because now his sword's broken, he takes a whole dagger out of his handle. Wait, there was a dagger There's in his handle? There's a hidden dagger in the handle. Which is probably why the main blade broke, because it's weak, because there's a freaking dagger hidden in it. It's not enough in the hill Holy shit. So, <laughs> now they're fighting knife to knife, because he disarms the other guy, so now he has to pull a knife. Now they're knife fighting with each other, and he finally kills the guy. But guess what? The demon that he thought he killed earlier isn't really dead. Dun, dun, dun. So now he manages to reattach the blade and he shoots the blade off. And and all of this time we've been watching a snake crawl over the princess lady who's barely dressed. And so we've been seeing the snake crawl up between her legs and over her very exposed boobs. And so we've been getting a lot of sexual objectification. And But here's the best part. This was just... All of this is happening right after the princess lady was supposed to be marrying Cromwell. This was all at their wedding. Mm -hmm. um, Talon was being had been captured prior to this, and he was being crucified at the wedding in a X-shaped crucifix that is called a crux de cussida. So he had full-on nails driven through the palms of his hands. They showed that 
a lot right before all of this was going on. So big nails driven through. So basically, should not have been able to use his hands. In and the so, and this, they show this very, very much. He had nails driven through the palms of his hands, like you know, somebody. If you're a Christian, you probably heard this story before. But through sheer force of will, because he couldn't bear the thought of the guy that killed his father marrying the love of his life that he only is rescuing because he wanted to rape the lady that he wouldn't let somebody else just rape, he pulled his hand out of the nail. And then he grabbed the nail out of one hand and pulled it out. So he, it's not like somebody got his hand or the nails out of his hand. No, he, through sheer force of his own strength, got the nails out of his own hands. Okay. And so the Rift Tracks guys are making sure you're not forgetting that he just a few minutes ago, like less than five minutes ago, had nails in his hands and he has giant holes in his hands at this point throughout this whole fight and he's running around doing a whole bunch of gymnastic stunts <laughs> yay for continuity yeah wow and it all ends with him and the princess coming back and being oh yay and then the princess looking at him saying hey you still have a debt to get paid off don't you <laughs> and so they go off and go have sex with you know the guy that Watched her getting sexually assaulted and then made sure to... Propositioned her with the same... Yeah, so that's why that's my favorite bad fantasy movie. Because it's just stupid on stupid on stupid. (laughs) See, mine isn't quite so bad in terms of that sort of stuff. Mine is Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) That's a good bad one. Because like that that one came out in the lull after Willow in Mm -hmm. the mid-90s. Yeah. Where I think this was the final nail in the coffin that said oh, there's no way. Actually, it came out in 2000, the year before. Yeah. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. This came out, and people had people, fans of Dungeons and Dragons, the role playing game. You know, the ones you the table, whatever it is, whatever you would classify it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see this movie. Announced Dungeons and Dragons. It had actors in it. People heard of Dun- uh, Thora Birch. Yeah, was critically acclaimed by that point. Uh, Jeremy Irons, very critically acclaimed. Very good actor. Lots of you know, like people like that were involved in this, and people were like, oh, this will be something. Little did we know that in the very first seconds of this movie, Jeremy Irons probably ate so much scenery <laughs> that he could probably remake the sets right now if you wanted to yep through other means because he gets the gist of it is dragons can be controlled by a magic scepter gold gold dragons or something yellow dragons i guess and they're controlled by the queen of this land played by thora birch and who does not even attempt to do anything remotely acting <laughs> like not even throwing bad performance it's just bland nothingness think of natalie portman times 10 worse like (laughs) just bland and jeremy irons he's trying to find a scepter to control red dragons which are more brutal and vicious and he wants to usurp the throne he's a sorcerer he's a, a mage they call him mages yeah well within two seconds of thinking he's got a scepter that can control a dragon (laughs) 
you don't even know what's going on. This this scepter is in like this machine, and lightnings or the electricity's in. And he's like, okay, he grabs it, and interest, and immediately he's like, oh, at last. <laughs> Cameras above him. It's just melodramatic. <coughs> I can't do a Jeremy Irons right, apparently, right. but uh, it's God's punishment. It's over you. over the top, and you know instantly that this is not going to be subdued jeremy <laughs> irons and he's not like the whole movie it's and just over the top and we haven't even met our hero yet there's a pair of thieves one is played by marlon wayans yeah. one of the wayans brothers from the wayans tv show and who's currently i don't know what he's currently doing he's done dramatic roles he proved he's done dramatic drama roles the other one's played by one Justin Whalen, also known as Jimmy from Lois and Clark, yep. The New Adventures of oh, Superman. Yeah. Let me re-say re that. He played Jimmy in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures. He wasn't even worthwhile to get a lead on a TV show that bad. He was our hero. Oh, yeah. Our lovable rogue thief with a heart of gold who has a destiny before the whole deal whole deal anyway the acting in this movie is a master class of over expressions melodramatic tones there is in fact one of the best no's <laughs> in yeah. moviedom in that film because spoiler marlon wayans gets killed justin wayland's very upset he goes no and he falls to the ground shaking <laughs> like Punches the ground, I think. Even like, no! Fist in the air! Punch to the ground! He's so angry and upset. And it also has one of the worst secondary villains ever. His name's like Damodar. <laughs> He's a play by... I think his name is Bruce Payne, is the actor. He... Uh, he's terrible. And he's this. like... He's the same character in every movie. In every movie. He's in Highlander, one of the yeah. old Hi the other Highlanders. He's in another Dungeons and Dragons that went straight to DVD. He's in all these things, but in this one, he plays the lead general leader that follows Jeremy Irons's character. I can't even remember his character. It's so bad. Uh, but he has the worst threat in moviedom. Like <laughs> seriously, the worst threat. You know, like, Darth Vader has the do not fail, or like, yeah. whatever, it, you can pick Darth Vader, it's yeah. like, you don't mess with him. He literally, in the course of this, he fails once, so down, the villain, Jeremy Irons, puts a creature in his ear to stay with him so that he won't fail, because if he fails, he'll get killed by this thing, and it's just something that's with him. And so he's about, the heroes are in a bar. They're talking about what needs to happen. There's a terrible mage lady who's the love interest now who's protecting the secrets to the for the queen. And <coughs> there's this whole thing to get a stone that leads to a place that gets another scepter that can control red dragon. It's a whole yeah. thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But basically, he's outside the tavern, and he tells his men. Literally, this is how he tells it. Do not fail me, or you will suffer a fate far worse than that which has befallen me. <laughs> it literally took that long. It literally was that overplayed. And it it's just awful. And you don't... There was no threat. 
Yeah, I'm it, sure the guys could have checked their watch and been like, I could have had it done by now. Yeah. Yeah, if your threat has to take long, a long time to utter, it's not a threat. And if you sound like the whiny kid in gym class, <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to do this because if you do that, it's going to be bad. It, it doesn't come across it's as a threat, a threat at all. It's awful. This whole movie is awful from beginning to end. It has bad CGI. Yes. It has bad sets, bad costumes, bad makeup. Like, even the elves, you see their ears, they're like, those are so incredibly rubber. <laughs> it's not even funny. Sword fight is just... Uh, let's be honest. On a fantasy movie, your magic has to be good, but also your sword fights oh, yeah. have to be good. No, this was your typical Saturday morning special. To the left, to the right, to the left, to the right, jump, you know, type of thing. <laughs> it, 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 it was, it's awful. I mean, if you want a bad movie, if you ever do what I do and Mike does and we have bad movie nights, that's one to put on because it it's is it. so bad. It's, it's worth a bad movie night to just make fun of. That that is oh. one that Riff Tracks definitely needs to get their hands. They on. do, they really do, because it's 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 bad. I've looked up Justin Whalen. He hasn't really done anything since. I can kind of see why. Nineteen years later, <laughs> Jeremy Irons went on to do better well, things, but uh, we don't talk about Aragon. At least he was subdued in that one. But oh, I think that's my it. my greatest pet peeve with Dungeons and Dragons is they had the guy that played Riff Raff. I, I'm not sure what his real name is, but you know he was Riff Raff in Rocky Horror Picture Show, and you know he was in Ever After. Yeah, yeah. And he was uh, kind of know, a lecherous landowner there, kind too. of like a human rat, basically. Yeah. And in that role, he was absolutely perfect because you just were like, yeah. Every time he creepy. was on screen, you just kind of needed to bathe afterwards. But in this, he's this jovial, happy kind of... King of the thieves. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. No. And this was like right after Ever After. So you, you just go see Ever After where you're like, that is perfect for him. Yes. And then you see this and you're like, wait, no. I'm just trying to imagine you wait. going to a theater to watch Ever After with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Ever After. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm not going to judge. It was enjoyable. It was a good way to meet girls. <laughs> so but, is uh, so is opening up with uh, our your signature line too. Exactly. <laughs> Hate to tell you it doesn't work. No, we no, figured no. as much when we <laughs> we revealed what it was. But um, yeah, he, he's he's wasted. You could have used... I, I, he would have been perfect for, like, the, the the underling guy or a monster or, or something, but the, the jovial king of the thieves, dude? No. Yeah. No, no, well, no. Well, everyone was wasted in there, because well, they even yeah. had, like, the guy who played the dwarf in that movie yeah. is the same one from Pirates of the Caribbean. He uh. played the one of the duo in the first three movies. Uh, Master Rigetti, or his name is? I yeah. don't know his name. In those movies, but he's a generally a good actor. He's in a yeah. lot of different things, but you could have gotten rid of the dwarf. It wouldn't have made any difference no. in this movie. He does literally nothing in this yeah. movie. He shows up, they run into him, and then he just tags along the rest of it. Yeah. Like, that's it. 
And in the very end of the movie, like they're surrounding the Marlon Wayans grave, special stones up top, and they're talking about, oh, they made the hero a hero. He's a yeah. whatever. And something, the stone starts lighting up. They're like, oh, we got another adventure. So they all join hands and they all disappear into the sky. Like, <laughs> what? That's it. That's, that's, that's Dungeons and Dragons. Jeremy Irons chewing scenery. Well, so is Justin Whalen. Well, Thora Birch doing her best to preserve the scenery by not doing anything yeah. at all. And then everyone else just completely doing a one-off movie career. Because they're not getting any work after that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's... Yeah. And then, luckily, 2001 rolls around. Lord of the Rings comes out. Yay, we can have good movies. And in both of our choices, they clearly wanted sequels. Yeah. And that's the best part, is that um, at the end of uh, my choice, Sword, uh, Sword and the Sorcerer, they have a little teaser at the very end of the credits saying that Talon will appear in the next, you know, whatever movie. Because they, they knew this was going to be uh, the start of a franchise. And obviously in Dungeons & Dragons, they're teasing... They the, thought the same thing. Yeah. And it did make sequels for direct-to-DVD. Well, yeah. But... Not what they were thinking, and not by the same people. Just kind of like, oh, by the way, we got Dungeons and Dragons property. We'll bring in Damodar back, but that's about it. Yeah. But, and <sighs> that's what I love about these movies is that they're going to be the start of amazing franchises. And with your stupid three bladed sword, I don't <laughs> think so. Oh, man. It's true. I mean, there's a lot of movies we could have talked about in oh, terms of bad ones. A. Like, there's Dragonheart. You know, entertaining, but so wasted potential. Aragon is another one of those that, as a book, probably made sense, but as a film, they just cheapened it, and it just became a Lord of the Rings, Star Wars yeah. ripoff. Um, and Harry Potter is a series, it's its own for reals. We can talk yeah, about yeah, those definitely. books to movies, which one's best, which one's worst, and maybe we can bring some people who... Yeah, I'm not as hugely invested in Harry Potter as some other people, so we could bring in some people who might be a little more invested... Uh, and then there's other people who have, like, Brandon Sanderson yeah. books. And there's other things going on, like some of those movies right. that they follow. I mean, is Hunger Games fantasy? That's more sci-fi, I think. Yeah, it's dystopian. Yeah. YA. Yeah, whatever it is. But uh, I think Twilight's fantasy, isn't it? <laughs> it's crap. Fifty Shades of Grey, right? <laughs> That's fantasy. <laughs> But That's the that, right kind of fantasy. I, there's so many, but those are our picks. What are your guys' picks for best fantasy, either before Lord of the Rings, or even if it is Lord of the Rings, any of those, and your pick for worst? Let us know. Send us an email at uh, mostlyoffcenter.funny at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, or in uh, comments for the podcast, visit us on Facebook at Mostly Off Center or on YouTube. We'll talk to you guys later. Go Beastmaster. <laughs>